by Kiyas Yamsov, it says that the Egyptians, when they saw that the water was approaching them and they were going to be drowned and annihilated, they cried out, Let us flee from the Jewish people. Hashem is fighting on their behalf in Mitzrayim. What does that mean, Hashem is fighting on their behalf in Mitzrayim? In Mitzrayim, the Egyptians. Mitzrayim means the land of Mitzrayim. So Rashi says, according to one pshat, that the Egyptians were crying and saying that they heard that Hashem also struck the Egyptians in Mitzrayim. Besides uh, punishing the Egyptians in the water, in the land, those who remained in Mitzrayim, he also punished them with Makis at that same time. And that's what they were crying. Hashem is fighting on behalf of the Jews in Mitzrayim, in the land of Mitzrayim. The question is, the Egyptians were facing utter annihilation. They were panicking. They were afraid they're going to die. So what did they say? Let us flee, because in Mitzrayim, our brethren are being struck now with Makis. They should have said, let's flee because we're going to drown. Why are they mentioning the fact that Hashem struck their brethren in Mitzrayim? And that's why we want to flee. So there's a very Gishmaka vote from the Toldus Yankov Yosef. It says in Gitin that when Titus Harosha finished his uh, destruction of Yerushalayim and the Besamikdash, he took all the clear Hamikdash with him and he embarked on a ship to go back to Rome. To declare his victory. On while he was on the ship, a yitosh, a little flea or a bug, uh, flew into his nostrils and went way up there to his brain and nestled there for the rest of his life. The rest of Titus' life he suffered immensely from that bug that grew quite big. And Titus, when he saw this, while he was still on the ship, he said, Ah, this is the God of the Jews trying to take revenge of me. His power is only in the sea. Let him wait till they get on land, and then he should try me. He did the same thing to the Egyptians. They waited till they got to the sea, and then he drowned them, because he has no power on land. This is what Titus said. In ancient cultures, it was common to declare that there was more than one God. There's a God of the land, and there's a God of the sea. Rapsadi Gon talks about this. So when the Egyptians were in the water, they saw God's might, God's power, but they thought this is the God who has his power in the sea. This is this limited God, and that's the God of the Jews. When they heard that the God who struck them in the sea also struck the Egyptians on land, they realized that this is not just some limited God. That's why they said on Nusab ibn Yisrael, we have no choice, we've got to flee, because this God is in charge of everything, land and sea. That's why they mentioned the Mitzrayim. Until they realized that Hashem struck the Egyptians in Mitzrayim, they said, okay, if we go on land, He won't have any power over us. When they saw that they can't escape, they said, we better stop our chase against the Jews, because we can't win. It's interesting that the uh, Mogen Avram, in his commentary of Zayizran on a Medrash, 
brings a very interesting uh, insight related to that. The Medrash says that Reboisha says, we know that all the animals give a shira to Hashem. And the dog sings, Come, let us bow down and prostrate before Hashem. Hashem, the one who made us. And the Rebbeisha says, dogs have this type of song to sing to Hashem. What does it say about dogs? Dogs are bold-faced. They're the least refined creatures in the world. Where does it come to them to express such a humbling, a humble song? Let us all prostrate and bow down to Hashem. And Reboishi gives a whole explanation that uh, they didn't bark in Mitzrayim against the Jews, and that's why they merited um, to sing such a song. The Zayis Rana Magnavram asks, how do we know that this is the song of the dogs? Where does it say that? He asked the question, how come dogs are singing that? How do we know dogs sing How do we know that? He says like this, because it says in the Mishnah in Kalim that all marine life is not susceptible to Tumah. They are immune to Tumah. If you take uh, the skin of a fish and make a garment, it, it cannot become Tameh. Because Kol Shebayam is Tohir. That's a klal. Except for Kelevayam. You know, in the sea, we have everything that's in the sea. We have on the land. Everything in the land is in the sea. Just like there's a, there's a fish that resembles the features of a dog. That's called Kelevamayim. The Kelevamayim um, is susceptible to Tumah. Why is that? Because in time of danger, when the hunters or the fishermen try to catch him, he tends to run and escape onto land. He leaves the water, goes onto the land to, to escape and to hide. So since in time of danger he runs to land, he's not considered an animal of the sea. Only animals that are exclusively of the sea are immune to Tumah, but not an animal that under distress in time of danger, runs to land, then he's not considered an animal of the sea. So we see from here that the Kelev Ayamayim can live both in the sea and on the land. Now the Gemara says that Hashem created animals in the sea and animals on the land. The animals of the land, if they go into the sea, they die, they drown. Animals of the sea, if they go on land, they, they die. The only animal that the Gemara says can be both on land and in sea is the Kelevamayim. So, what does it say right before Boyin Ushtach Vavinichro? It's in Lechun Aranana. Asheloya Yom. He owns the sea. Vayabeshez Yodov Yotzoru. And the dry land his hands have made. Boyin Ushtach Vavinichro. Therefore, let us bow down to him. The only one, only Chaya, the only animal that has witnessed both Hashem's power in land and in the sea is the Kelevamayim. That's why they clove him. They say, Boy, you start with the Chod, you